What is going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 253 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente. And yo, we got a great show for you guys, man. So on today's menu, let's just go ahead and jump into it on this episode of Morning Coffee and Fight News. Um, for everybody who's joining us live today on Facebook, on um, <clears throat> on YouTube, and on Twitch, thank you so much for joining in live, man. I appreciate you guys. All the love that we've recently received on social media, on IG, man. Thank you guys so much. We really do appreciate the love. We're going to keep on trying to bring as much content uh, for the fight game and for the culture to you guys. Uh, and uh, we're going to start bringing, especially when the new year comes up, a whole lot of great interviews and uh, more content like that, all right? So on today's menu, we're going to go ahead and recap this past weekend's amazing fights. We had, obviously, Canelo Alvarez proving that he is the pound for pound number one. I'm going to go ahead and explain why. We'll also explain and talk about what is next for Canelo. We'll also discuss, yo, in the UFC, the old guys got it done this past weekend at UFC Vegas 17. Uh, Dana White versus the media. Dana White dropped a... Uh, a Trumpian-esque, you know, uh, a political hit style campaign against the media. And I'll talk about that video. We'll talk about the big bang that the UFC actually has to kick off 2021. A lot of fights were pretty much uh, let, let, let loose right now. So we'll discuss that. Anthony Pettis is leaving the UFC, enters free agency. We'll discuss that and so much more on this episode of the Fight Podcast. This is episode 253. Again, man, um, I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Everybody who is joining us live today on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch, man, thank you guys so much. This is episode 253, Morning Coffee and Fight News. Um, man, it, it, it's it's the holidays, man. <laughs> the week of Christmas is already here, and I, I told you guys, and I think I keep talking about it, and I've talked about it over the last month, it just doesn't really feel like the holidays here uh, in L.A., but it's okay. This week, starting to feel a little bit like Christmas. Like I said, my lady and I drove around town, saw some uh, saw some lights and shit. Those lights makes you feel like Christmas, okay? I love that shit, um, and we're going to go ahead and continue. Uh, like I said, we've been watching all the movies and stuff. Yo, if anybody's listening... What are some of the classic holiday movies you guys have been watching this holiday season? Last night, I know this isn't one of the classics, but we watched Why Him. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's one of uh, Franco's movies. Dog, I laughed my ass off. It's it's with uh, uh, James Franco and uh, Buddy from Breaking Bad. I I thought that shit was amazing. It's 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 added to our holiday uh, our holiday. Um, playlist along with home alone and uh and the santa claus we're throwing why him in there man it was a great movie i really enjoyed it but yo let us know in the comments man what are you guys uh listening to and watching this holiday season um i know even musically uh, i've been listening to some music chance the rapper who i i know i've said it here many times i am not the biggest chance the rapper fan but he just dropped a holiday uh album with Jeremiah. Salute to Jeremiah. Sounds like Buddy's out of the, the hospital. So that's a good thing. He survived COVID. People, COVID is real. Wear a mask, please. Uh, but he seems like he went out there, man. He dropped a holiday album, and I cannot stunt. I have been rocking that shit all month. So um salute to the uh, to those dudes for that one. Uh, but man. Holidays have been coming up, and we have been getting some some surprises in the land of uh, of combat sports. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode of uh, Morning Coffee and Fight News right here on the Fight Podcast. 
Uh, let's start off with this past weekend, man. Canelo Alvarez went out there and uh, he had a great fight against, man, uh, Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith is one of those guys that a lot of us, even myself and the Guru B camp talked about who has, he's a potential threat. Uh, he was the the best super middleweight in the world. He won the the, the boxing super series at, at that weight class and just looked in, in amazing doing it. Dude is 6'3", has power in both hands, has a seven and a half inch height advantage, seven and a half inch reach advantage. Um, I, I expected this fight to be a little tougher than it ended up being. And people, yo, I, I've said it time and time again, I think Canelo is a pound for pound number one guy in the sport. His resume proves it. And not only does his resume prove it, fam, it, it, it's the eyeball test. You really do. When you have an opportunity to sit back and you look at Canelo actually work, bro, he does everything well. He literally went out there to a man that is almost eight inches taller than him, walked him down, out jabbed the taller man. And one thing that Canelo does extremely well, and Caleb Smith actually said this after the fight, was that man, it's his presence. Even though he's not the biggest guy in the world, he carries this persona and this presence with him. And to be able to see him do it live, like, I can't lie to you guys. I was blown the fuck away. He went out there and he really does establish a jab. And one of the things that he does, and we watched him, think about this. His first pay-per-view fight was against, and again, this was almost a decade ago at this point in time, against Floyd Mayweather. That was his first one. He didn't know how to handle it. Fam. He goes out here with this big event. He has like the mariachi band. He has the, uh, an amazing, an amazing walkout. You felt it. The, and, and here's the thing also. This was in San Antonio, Texas. They had 15,000 people in the audience. To feel and hear the crowd again, it does something. I'm not going to stunt now. <laughs> Guarantee you, 10% of them motherfuckers are going to end up leaving with COVID. I want no parts of that shit. Uh, you guys know how I feel about it. But at the end of the day, it, it was nice to have an audience in there and really feel that feel. But um, it, it was a great event. It was a great atmosphere. And Canelo performed. He got the unanimous decision win. And like I was saying, one of the things that was really impressive was the, a lot of the veteran tricks and twists that he went out there and made, right? He went out there and one of, if you saw the fight, Caleb Smith's left arm afterwards had the nastiest Charlie horse. It, I mean, his left tricep was swollen it looked like some shit out of alien right like something you know from a gremlin was about to pop out like he got hit with some water or some shit and uh, he had this like little thing about to pop what it was was that canelo alvarez was targeting that left hook because caleb smith has such a good left hook and canelo said it afterwards he's like look man at the end of the day the dude has a great left hook we wanted to to minimize that and the way we did it was targeting that left arm bro he dislocated buddies uh detached his bicep that's how hard he was hitting him. And he really just took that completely away from him, man. And that's one of the things that you got to love about what Canelo Alvarez does. So to go back to the initial question and saying, yo, who's the pound for pound number one guy in the sport? It's Canelo Alvarez. Now, is it close to people want to say, no, man, it's Bud Crawford. No, it's whoever the fuck. Look, man, you can't say it's Bud Crawford because at the end of the day, Bud Crawford doesn't have the resume to do so. You can give me the eyeball test, but at the end of the day, he doesn't look or doesn't do anything that proves that he's better than anybody else in his weight class, especially when a guy in his weight class actually has the resume to back it up. All right. Um, that's a topic. Obviously, we'll talk about it another day. Canelo has the resume. 
He's jumped weight classes. He's not just staying in one weight class. I mean, remember, he started off at 54. He went all the way up and knocked out Kovalev at 75 at light heavyweight. He jumped back down to 168. He got this belt, beat the best guy in the weight class. And then afterwards, he proceeded to call out everybody at the weight class. He said, look, man, I am going out here. And at the end of the day, I'm searching for belt. I'm belt hunting now. I want to be the, the undisputed champion at 168 at super middleweight. Um, that that's that's boss shit and, and to me that is why he's going to be the number one guy and he has to be the pound for pound guy in the sport no fans or butts about it it's not bud it's not anybody else it's not NUA. those all all those guys are great but the best right now at this present moment in time it's canelo alvarez um all right uh let's let, moving on you we have to think about this also at the end of the day who is what is next for Canelo? And, and that is a big question because at the end of the day, he does say he's belt hunting. You think about it. The WBO belts out there. That's, that's, um, that, that's uh, what's it called? Saunders. You got him out there, right? So what's really next for Canelo? You got the IBF champion, one of our personal favorites. We talk about it all time and time again here on the show, Caleb Plant. I love Caleb Plant. I love his style. And stylistically, I think that is a tougher matchup than a lot of people really expect, right? So I fuck with that one. Obviously, we have Billy Joe Saunders on the other side as well. So those are two fights. One of them, obviously, is already with the zone. But Canelo, we look at it. Canelo's a free agent. He can do what the fuck he wants to do. So he says he wants to go belt hopping. I, I would expect him to go out there just because the zone's there. I probably a Billy Joe Saunders otherwise will end up getting the uh, the Caleb Plant fight. Caleb Plant fight is the fight that me personally, I would want because <laughs> Caleb Plant's a bad motherfucker. And stylistically, I think... Um, one of the things about Canelo is this. He never wants to fight guys who have better feet than him. Caleb Plant is one of those guys. Look at if you go back in the day history and look at the fights that he has truly struggled with, and I'm talking about Canelo itself, that's you know, the the trout fight, the Austin Trout fight, the Erislandi Lara fight. Those are fights with guys that, you know, honestly have better feet than Canelo. And even in my estimation, a lot of people thought that Lara actually won that fight. Lara didn't win that fight. But Again, anything close to Canelo, they're going to give it, get it to him, you know? So you have to either, A, knock his ass out, or he's, he's going to get you um, on the books either way. So that's an option. Those are two. But for me, me personally, who do you guys think I would want uh, to see Canelo fight next? It's Jamal Charlo, man, the hitman. I think that is the best uh, possible option. I think that's the best viable outcome. I think that is the best stylistic matchup. Uh, Charlo is a guy that I think a lot of people, especially after his last fight with Jevrachenko, he stepped up to the plate. That is what we wanted to see. Can he beat an elite guy? And not only did he prove that he is an elite guy in this weight class, he also proved he's he's a legitimate B-side contender for somebody like Canelo. Because just as let's keep it a bean. <laughs> Canelo's the A-side for anybody. I don't give a fuck if he's fighting Tyson Fury. Canelo Alvarez is the A-side against anybody at this point in time in boxing, okay? So that would be interesting to see, in my opinion. I, I would love to see that. Now, do I think that's the fight that's going to happen next? No. It is either going to be Billy Joe Saunders or it's going to end up being, um, um, like I said, Caleb Plant, probably Billy Joe because of the, the relationship that they have with Matchroom and Zone. So that's probably going to happen next. Uh, but I think what you need to do is build up Charlo. He has to be this boogeyman. Charlo has already come out and said, fuck it, I'm moving to 68. You know, Canelo said he's not coming back down to 160. I'm moving to 68. He's chasing Canelo. This is what I think he should be doing. And this is why I think he will end up getting that fight in the future. And 
I do agree with one of the Yahoo sports writers, and I'm blanking on the name right now, and I'm sorry, I'll end up putting it in the comics for you guys later on. Uh, but he said that he believes that Charlo could end up being the biggest pay-per-view fight in Canelo's career. Now, I know a lot of us are thinking like, what the fuck are you talking about, Serge? No. Think about this. He's already proven that he's, he, he did his first pay-per-view recently, and he sold extremely well. The biggest pay-per-view that Canelo has ever had has only been about $2 million, and that was with Floyd Mayweather. He did just over $2 million pay-per-view buys. So if he did just over $2 million pay-per-view buys there, his best other one after that was with the first trip or the second trip with G, and that was about $1.5 million buys. Aside from that, he's only done uh, 900 and that was with uh, uh, Miguel Cotto. Aside from that, he doesn't really sell that much. So can he end up getting more than $2 million buys with somebody like a Charlo? Man, Charlo can, has a fan base. He's that he he's one of those guys that's a part of the culture. So the culture would absolutely get behind him, especially if he starts really getting pushed. He talks a big game. He has everything. He has the look. He has the knockout ability, and he has the skills in there. I think they could actually eventually build that shit up. So that's what I think um, in the future will be for Canelo Alvarez. All right. Um, again, if you guys are watching live, man, this is morning coffee and fight news. I know it's morning somewhere. Uh, everybody who's watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, thank you guys so much for checking us out on the fight podcast today. This is episode 253 of the show. I'm your host as always, Serge Vicente, man. Um, listen everywhere. Podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, man. All right. Keeping the party moving. Yo. UFC Vegas 17, the old guys absolutely got it done. Um, Wonderboy Thompson ends up beating Jeff Neal. He 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 proves once again that he's one of those guys, man. At the end of the day, he, he's not just a stepping stone. They tried to get him out of there. And, and I, I'm going to admit, they absolutely tried to get him out of there with Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque was on a seven-fight win streak or something like that. And Wonderboy just completely shut him down. Don't forget, before that, even before Jorge Masvidal went on the crazy run that he's been on, they, they fed him to him as well. He got beaten. He pretty much beats anybody at, at this point in time, man. He went out there and and from pillar to post, he ended up beating um, Jeff Neal. And look, let, let, let's let's real quick give a salute to Jeff Neal because we forget he had like congenitive heart failure ninety days ago, and he went five hard rounds with Steven Wonderboy Thompson. He said he couldn't even see out of his left eye after the first round after a headbutt that ended up getting an inadvertent cut. Like, fam, dude went out there and balled. So he will continue. He will be here. He will be better than ever. So Jeff Neal is not going anywhere. But what this fight really showed me, man, is that, yo, Wonderboy's not going anywhere either. He's huge for the weight class. And um, if you don't come with your shit, he's going to beat you. Now, can he win the title? I'm going to be honest with you guys. He still has the ability to win the title. He got beat by Tyron Woodley when Tyron Woodley was still Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley's not Tyron Woodley anymore. He's not here. Can he implement his game plan into beating somebody like a Kamar Usman, like a Kobe Covington? And, and to answer your question, I, I really believe he does. He has the power. He has the evasive ability. He's really difficult to take down. This is one of the guys, the only guys that I've actually seen in terms of the, the karate style, that kickboxing style, that has really adapted it well to MMA and has been out there dominating motherfuckers, man. So uh, salute to him. Great win um, by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Also on this card, man, we had the, 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 the Jose Aldo of old. Went out there and beat the always tough, always gritty Marlon Vera. Holy shit, man. Um, he looked great. And one of the cool things that he ended up doing was not only did the leg kicks come back, 
which absolutely made a huge difference in the fight. He proved that he's a champion and that he has a lot of fight IQ. That last round, his team said, look, man, let's go ahead and get a takedown and let's dominate on the ground. You forget because of all the amazing striking and the prowess that Jose Aldo has done and all the fucking highlights that we've seen time and time again. We forget. We really do forget how amazing he is on, on, on the ground. I mean, he's a world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And he was able to go out there and completely dominate. And I'm saying, I mean, dominate on the ground. Okay. Um, he was able to, and, th and this is Marlon Vera, a guy who I truly believe could end up being a champion in the very near future. He is that good. And he's so young in his career. And this is one of those guys that, in terms of Marlon Vera, who actually does commentary for the UFC in Spanish, the dude has star making abilities. And Jose Aldo went out there. And, and, and washed his ass in that last round and won a good decision win, man. Great win by him. He went out there and did amazingly well. Also on this card, in terms of the old guys getting it done, motherfucking Anthony Pettis. Went out there, took a short notice fight against Brandon Marino. And I'm sorry, not Brandon Marino, but Boris Marino. And honestly, looked amazing. It looked like vintage Anthony Pettis. And usually Anthony Pettis is one of those guys that goes out there, got a little punch to him, doesn't seem like he takes it as seriously as, as I would have liked, especially me, fam. I'm Puerto Rican, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm black and Puerto Rican, but man, he's a Midwest dude. I'm from Chicago. He's from Milwaukee. I've always had love for Anthony Pettis. I really have. Like, I love that dude, man. He's one of those guys that, you know, I, I was a stand-up striking guy. We we're about the same age. Like, he, like the Showtime kick, all that shit, man. The dude is legendary. We'll talk about Anthony Pettis a little bit more uh, later on in the show. But but um, he went out there. He was focused. He was in shape. He did go on Eric Hawani last week and said he really has been doing a lot of soul searching, working on a lot of shit. And uh, and it showed, man. He looked, I've never seen him look physically better than he did in this fight. And this was at 170. He said he's going to go back down to 55 and compete at 55. I love what I saw from Anthony Pettis. I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Don't forget, this is a two-fight win streak now. His first winning streak since 2014. Holy shit. All right, man. Um, also, on that card, yo, Greg Hardy got washed by uh, Martin Torbora. Uh, he ended up, and I'm not going to say washed because that mug, honestly, first round, his striking does look fucking good, man. He's big. He's athletic. His stand-up has gotten so much more refined, and he is a problem. And he really did look like he's going to be one of those guys that I'm like, oh, shit, he might be able to contend for a title at the end by the end of this year, or just say not by the end of this year, by like next year or something. He's that might be that good. But Martin Tybora, bro, let, let's give some salute to the Polish man himself. He went out there and, and absolutely, that second round, he got rocked in the first round. He almost got finished in the first round. And he was able to get himself together, land some amazing striking in that second round, take down Greg Hardy, dominate on the ground, and end up getting the submission win uh, in the second. And don't, and yo, people, this is also his fourth win in the year. No one's talking about it. We've talked about everybody else, you know, getting all the wins, you know, um, in, in this year and everybody else in terms and who it deserves all the accolades that we've, we've been giving them. But Martin Sabora quietly has had an amazing year. He's had four big wins in the heavyweight division and none no bigger than this one, man. Great win by him. And uh, one thing that we've seen by Greg Hardy, fam, he's an athletic beast. But now that I've seen that you can take him down and dominate him on the ground, a lot of other people are going to take that uh, approach. So I'm curious to see how he's going to evolve and grow and see if we're going to continue getting, you know, this this evolution of Greg Hardy. Um, anything else on this card that I want to talk about? Ooh, yes. 
Rob Font. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Rob Font. You know, the the cartel, the New England cartel's very own, man. Uh, this dude goes out here, you know, Puerto Rico stand-up, you know, Boston stand-up. He was out there in blitzes, absolutely destroys uh, Marlon Marais. Man, Marlon Marais is somebody who is a former WSOF champion. He's competed for the championship here in the UFC. And I'm telling you now, it seems like, ever, I don't know what's going on. Ever since he lost to Henry Cejudo, it seems like mentally he he can't get past something. Something mentally is off with Marlon Vera. But I'm not going to take away anything from what Rob Fine did to him. He went out there, d- took on some adversity early on in the fight, and then ended up just lighting his ass on fire in that second round, in the end of that first round. It lands uh, some huge combinations and then ends up after that fight, I mean, knocks him out in the first round and ends up calling out TJ Dillashaw. Jose Aldo also calls out TJ Dillashaw, uh, the former champion who whose suspension, two-year suspension for EPO will be up next month. I'll say it again. TJ Dillashaw's EPO suspension is up next month. So the former champion will be back. And the former champion who I have said before that I believe is probably the best that we have ever seen at 135 pounds ever. So to see him come back, I would love to see him against Jose Aldo or Rob Font win for either of those guys, any of those three deserves to be next in line for a title shot. So great performances this weekend, man. A lot of shit happened, man. A lot of shit. Uh, for everybody listening right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch live, thank you so much for joining us on the show. This is episode 253 of the Fight Podcast, Morning Coffee and Fight News. Uh, we're, we're keeping the party going, man. A lot to talk about today um, on this holiday week. Christmas time already, man. This is crazy. Christmas is this Friday. I hope you guys did all your shopping. I know uh, it's it, it's been a little bit difficult this year. I know not a lot of us are going to the store, unless you live in the South, because y'all don't give a damn, it seems like. <laughs> Mugs going out there kicking it. All the videos that I've seen from Atlanta, man. Mugs are just, the clubs are, are cracking. Clubs look like they're cracking more so than they ever been right now, man. So, uh, uh, so you guys be safe out there, but a lot seems like it's happening and going on right now. Um, but it's been a little, it's been wild trying to holiday shop and everything. But I hope you guys are doing it, man. Hope you guys are enjoying your holiday season. Uh, we have shit, a couple weeks off from fights. And uh, and Dana White wanted to pretty much let everybody in the media know. And I, I don't have the video to play for you guys now. Obviously, you can check it out everywhere on social media. Actually, I think I might end up reposting it um, on the Fight Podcast page itself. Uh, but a lot, especially actually, I'll do it on Twitter. So check out Serge Vicente um, at the Serge Vicente on Twitter. I'll go ahead and repost it there later on for you guys to check out. Actually, I think I've already have. Actually, I have. Uh, but but Dana White goes out there, and um, Dana White, if you guys don't know, is obviously the the president of the UFC. Built the company, took it from almost the the verge of bankruptcy to the multi billion dollar company that we see today. He goes out there, and and I'll make this short, because I don't even want to give it too much credence, but my man's puts a video out, and it was like this political hit job style video on the media, talking about how the media shit on him all year, and, you know, he he has risen up because, you know, with all the COVID and shit like that, and it was just this this, this bullshit video, right? He goes out there and really just shits on everybody and, and says, oh, look, I'm the man. And uh, and look what I've done. So he essentially goes out there and sucks himself off for, what is it? The four, four, four and a half minute video, okay? 
So, so this is what I want to say about the video. So he he goes out there, and the whole point of it was to talk about look at how this this media doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. The media is is ridiculous, and he is taking a page out of his Donald Trump playbook, who's one of his butt buddies, right? One of his Escobar brothers, I'm sure. <laughs> so he he's out here, man, and and he's really. I think he's making himself look foolish because a couple of things that I noticed in this one is that he didn't even think at the end of the video. He he spent a time pubbing himself up, patting himself on the back, and he didn't even thank the athletes, the coaches, the staff. He didn't do that at all. And that's my biggest thing. Like, fam, you can talk shit about the media, but I think you you people have to understand and admit that the media, yes, they went out there and criticized him at the beginning of it, and but they criticized him because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. The 50, all 50 states shut down. The globe was shutting down. It was a global fucking pandemic. And he was still trying to put shows on. He did a show in Brazil, in Brasilia, did zero COVID testing. He got criticized for it. He was trying to do a Tachi Palace show. We forget that shit happened a long time ago. He was trying to do a show there and he wasn't going to do the regulations. He wasn't trying to, to do the regulations. And that is what people are critical of. You're trying to go back door and not taking into account what is currently going on. He didn't mention that, obviously. But he also didn't mention is that after that happened and when he did go out there and fix it and he did succumb to the pressure of the media. After that ended up happening. The UFC was praised by everyone by being the first to go out there and do so. And the media was the first one out there saying, yeah, now that you fixed your mistakes, good shit. But Dana doesn't want not that he doesn't want to go out there and do that. He wants to make it seem as if everyone's against him. What was me? I'm gonna cry like a little baby. Look, man, um, I'll be the first to tell you the UFC had an amazing year. Dana White, you did an amazing job this year. This is unnecessary, fam. This is unnecessary because if it's not for the media, the sport isn't as big as it is. That's what a lot of these athletes and people have to understand. The media is the one who tells your athletes stories. They tell these stories. They make it exciting. They, they get us hype. Look at what is the knock on boxing right now? The knock on boxing is that, you know, nobody knows who anybody is. Why do we know who these UFC fighters are? Yes, because Dana White went out there and did it, but who is he talking to? Who is he going out there to try to pub this shit? I don't see him putting billboards and shit out here. No, he's going to the media. He's telling these stories to the media. So you're going out there and shitting on the people that are helping build your brand? Come on, fam. That's not the way to do it. But obviously, it's Dana White. This doesn't surprise me. Um, it's more laughable than anything else. So we'll move right along because at the end of the day, he is doing some great shit. And uh, one thing I do want to talk about is, yo, the UFC is coming back with a bang to kick off 2021. They're taking about a three and a half week break. But let me go ahead and pull this up. And um, if you guys will always check us out on social media at, at the Fight Podcast, we put all of the big fight announcements up on our page. So we'll always keep you to date what is currently going on. So check us out on um, all social media. Oh, shit. A little bit of breaking news, guys. Um, actually, let me go ahead and change this up. Literally just happening right now as I'm speaking. Um, obviously, I was going to talk about this next. Anthony Pettis leaves the UFC, enters uh, free agency. Um, reporting by Mark Ramundi, literally, what? Was it 113? As of right now, Anthony Pettis will be joining the PFL's lightweight season 
that is expected to include two-time champion Nate Shul, Clay Collard, um, uh, Johnny Chase, and a whole bunch of people that doesn't even matter. So Anthony Pettis is joining the PFL for that million-dollar prize. So he left the UFC, and he is now entering the PFL. Yo, people, that is huge, man. Um, Anthony Pettis yesterday actually uh, went online and actually posted it on uh, the, the Fight Podcast's page. He said, after 12 years, I've decided to part ways with the UFC to explore free agency. He thanked the UFC, and he put this huge, you know, this beautiful um, kind of press release notice out out there himself um we're doing some working on some things guys so hopefully at the beginning of the year we have some big surprises for you guys but anthony pettis goes out there man says uh after 12 years with the company so many amazing memories from winning my first world title uh in the wc 23 years old to becoming the, the ufc world champion at 26 in my hometown from beginning on mtv to the cover of the wheaties box i'm forever grateful for everything that i have experienced and accomplished with this company Dana, thank you for everything that you've done for me. I was a kid from the south side of Milwaukee, Wisconsin with a big dream. You helped me turn that dream into reality. Thank you. Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta, Reed Harris, Sean Shelby, Dave Scholler, and Burt Watson, you have helped me and impacted my life, my career in countless ways. I'll forever be thankful. Everyone at, uh, at the PI, you have helped me take my game to a next level. Everyone that works behind the scenes, I am so grateful for your tireless work especially on the road you have no idea how much you are appreciated thank you last and most importantly the ufc fans thank you you gave me energy in every fight i hope i have been able to show you that anything is possible i am excited about my future in this sport i promise i am not done from the bottom of my heart thank you all anthony showtime pettis that's fucking amazing man um he's somebody that has always been one of my favorites talked about a little earlier in the show um he's one of the guys that i truly when i was really coming up in the game um really emulated you know and i think a lot of you know being a a a latino guy from the city you know so it was one of those things that was really really dope to see but um but man the fucking pfl what a pickup for the pfl guys Um, i think a lot of us thought he was gonna end up going to bellator but uh the pfl is a great place to go they have a lot of shit going on especially with espn and um, and we wrap this up. You'll see I end up posting it also on the show itself. Man. But that that's just, a, I mean, shit, for you guys, a little instant reaction for you guys. Um, that That's incredible. Great pickup for the PFL. The PFL, obviously, for you guys who do not know, had to take uh, 2020 off because of the pandemic. Obviously, they were affected by it. Kayla Harrison, the face of the PFL, has been going out there fighting in Victor. She's been fighting, excuse me, in a couple of different organizations, man. But, um <sighs> That's huge. Anthony Showtime Pettis signs with the PFL. Guys, that's a little bit of breaking news. Happened literally three minutes ago. Anthony Showtime Pettis, who just left the UFC to enter free agency literally three minutes ago, uh, uh, reported by Mark Mundy of ESPN. Anthony Showtime Pettis is now a member of the PFL and will enter the lightweight um, tournament series. So there's that. That shit's going to be nuts, man. Holy shit. Wow. Pete, man, I thought he was going to go to Bellator. I swear I swear to you guys, I thought he was going to go to Bellator. His brother's in Bellator. I mean, it would have been great, but the way the PFL season's set up, that means he's going to stay busy. That means we'll see Anthony Pettis three t- at least three times next year. Um, that also means we'll end up seeing him on ESPN, just like the UFC. So th- this is this is great. This is, I mean, great. Op- he has an opportunity to wait to have his own sponsors. 
win a million dollars at the end, that's that's a, that's a big pickup, guys. Shit. Salute to Anthony Pettis, man. All right. Uh, everybody who's watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, thank you guys so much, man. This is Serge Center the Fight Podcast. This is episode 253. Man, we'll keep the party going. Uh, that was a little bit of... Uh, I mean, I was going to talk about Anthony Pettis today, but not yet. <laughs> All right. Um, also, what I want to talk about before that, man, yo, the UFC, like I said, they're... they're Beginning of 2021, they're kicking it off in a very, very big way. Uh, yesterday, they they dropped a slew of um, of uh, fight announcements, and what's going to happen is this: they're going back to network television, okay, which is super dope. They'll be on ABC. Uh, they're going to do an ABC show on a um, on a Saturday night, and that is going to be headlined on on January 16th by Max Holloway and Calvin Cater. That is going to be an incredible fight. All right. But check this out. After they have that, Wednesday night on ESPN, they're going to have another card. And that is going to be headlined by Kazma Shemaev and Leon Edwards. And that's going to lead up to UFC 257, the pay-per-view. And that's going to be headlined by Dustin Poirier and, um, and Conor McGregor. The UFC is coming back in a big way in January. And that is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And look, like I said... For all the shit that I just dropped on Dana and Dana White, that video, that was some sucker shit, okay? But I will say this. He's working his ass off and he's putting on some incredible, incredible matchups. All of these fights are happening in Dubai. They're happening on Yaz Island, Fight Island, and uh, that's going to be a lot of them. So let me talk to you guys about a couple of them that are actually going to be on here and a couple of the matchups that have recently been dropped, okay? Um, UFC 259, that's happening March 6th, on March 6th. A return of Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes takes on Megan Anderson to headline UFC 259 in March. That's going to be dope. UFC Fight Night that's happening in April. We have the return of Nina Ansaroff, the wife who just had a baby of Amanda Nunes. She is also returning and she's coming back against Mackenzie Dern. That's going to be April 6th. That shit's going to be nuts. Uh, Islam Makachev, the protege, the little cousin of Khabib Nurmagomedov. He is coming back. He's fighting Drew Dober. They finally have that. That's also going to be on UFC 259, March 6th. Obviously, I told you guys about uh, Max Holloway, Hazmat, Dustin Poirier, and them. And last, certainly, the return of uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. That's another great matchup versus Lee Zhang Lang. That's going to be fucking dope. And uh, we have Neil Magny versus Michael Chiesa on that January 20th card as well. A lot of amazing fight cards dropped. There's also a couple of rumors that I want to bring up real quick, man. So a little rumor report for you guys. Uh, where is this at? Where is this at? Blah, blah, blah. Media. There we go. Boom. Rumor report. Uh, yo, Daniel uh, Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. That seems what might end up being the big matchup, okay? So we've been wondering what's going to happen with Michael Chandler, the former Bellator lightweight champion. He has finally made his way to the UFC. What's going to happen with him? Well, it seems like the rumor has it. Both guys seem like they agreed. Uh, one of the uh, Australian outlets actually was the first to go ahead and report this. I have not posted this on our page yet because at the end of the day, it's not confirmed. So it's still a rumor. But Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler is an amazing matchup. Uh, Dan Hooker is on the cusp of greatness. He just lost a fight, that number of contender fight against uh, Dustin Poirier earlier this year. If he can get past Michael Chandler, it proves he is still right at the very top. If Michael Chandler can get past Dan Hooker, it proves he is as good as advertised. 
and he deserves that next crack at the title at lightweight. So a lot goes into it. If that's a fucking matchup, I love it. I love it. I love it. Also, a uh, little rumor report. Sorry to wipe my nose. I ain't sitting here trying to rujulani you guys. <laughs> um, also, yo, Triller says that they are trying to get Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. I'm telling you right now, no, I do not want to see this fight. Um, but I will also say this. Ben Askren is not only retired. Ben Askren also just had hip surgery. So if they do fight, I totally expect for Jake Paul to knock out Ben Askren because Ben Askren's stand-up has always been shitty. He got outstruck by Damian Maya, and that's all I have to say about that. All right? Not good. <laughs> so it will be good. I hope that shit does not happen. All right, guys. Um, look, with that being said, that is about all the time we have for today. Uh, this has been episode 253 of the Fight Podcast, the greatest combat sports coach show in the entire universe. Uh, remember, guys, listen to the Fight Podcast everywhere podcasting is available. Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Listen, like, subscribe. You can do all that right down here if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, man. Thank you guys for checking us out today on the page. Follow us at the Fight Podcast and all social media platforms. Let your friends know about it. Also, follow me, the host, Serge Vicente. Love you guys. I appreciate it as always. We'll see you guys next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Have a happy holidays, all right?